Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. we ask ourselves is which one of these guys will be you know a guy that can take us here what's the probability that this guy can take because there's no sure thing so not to talk about all the different guys but we thought this guy had the highest probability of winning super bowls and i think for myself and i don't want to speak for frank and i think he goes and scott listen you want to win super bowls and you know there's no sure thing here but it's a probability sort and we thought this guy has the best probability of, of winning us super bowls Plural from David Seffer. As in more than one. I'd like I'd settle for one. I'm I'm okay with one. Get me one. And then we can get number two. Like that that's how I feel. Well that's how it normal that's how it works. Yeah, you get right. one and then you move up and yeah. try to yeah, that's the that's, that's the that's the order of the uh of the championships that's, that's, that you can win. Yeah. That's that's how Matt Rule would tell you about it. Yeah, you get first you get one and then you so get two at the end of the day. So anyway, number yeah, two. David Tepper talking about uh, the future mm-hmm. of the Panthers organization with Bryce Young and multiple Super Bowls. So that begs the question. Now that Bryce Young is here and the keys are given to him to lead this franchise, we hope for a long time. LaMelo Ball is signed, the rookie max. So he is here for a long time now as well. So we have leaders at the point guard spot, at the quarterback spot. They're both young. So which of those guys, Mello or Bryce, is more likely, Willie, to lead Charlotte to a championship in the future? Have you ever won a championship in anything in your life? We don't mean within this this year. No, no, no. But in terms of their careers and their trajectory, and a lot of it has to do, I think, too, with the the layout of the leagues, too. Well, the thing about it is LaMelo is further along than Bryce is, so, so that has to play a factor in it. But the problem that I have with the Hornets is that I still feel like they're further away from doing anything than where the Panthers are right now. And the ability to ascend in the league, it's a lot easier to do in the NFL than it is in the NBA. In a a league that is so star dominant, despite the fact that the Hornets now feel like they have their cornerstone player in LaMelo Ball, I still feel like they need to either develop somebody from within, whether that's Brandon, whether that's somebody else. Or they have to go get another star to be alongside level for them to make a quote unquote title run. Whereas Bryce Young, I could basically, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they not only get in the playoffs this year, but if they win the division. And of course, once you get to the tournament, it's obviously, you know, a crapshoot at that point. So I'm not saying that, that Bryce Young title 2023, here we go. But I'm saying they are still, in my opinion, Despite the fact that Bryce is a rookie and rookies are very hard to project in this league, I think he is a better bet to get a title in this city than LaMelo Ball because of the unknown surrounding LaMelo Ball in terms of what this team is being built in to do. I don't disagree, but let me play a little devil's advocate here on the other side of this. I think that Bryce Young can get the Panthers to to a Super Bowl. Probably not, 
necessarily within a year or two, but I think he's going to get them to a Super Bowl in the NFC and playing in the game uh, not too far from now. Now, winning one, in terms of winning one, when you're taking on the AFC, and that's Mahomes or mm-hmm. Burrow or Allen, it's hard to say win one if they're running up against Pat Mahomes, who might be the most talented quarterback quite frankly, we've ever seen. So it's hard to say win one with how stacked that quarterback the AFC is, but I think he can get them to the game uh, relatively quickly. Now, the other side of this on the NBA, for years I would say absolutely no doubt about it. The answer is go with the quarterback, go with the NFL, the turnover within the league from one year to the next with playoff teams, it's so much greater the NBA is a process. You've got to work your way up. But I'll say this, though, now, though. The NBA is a lot more parity-driven than it's ever been before. This we year. just saw Miami make multiple runs to the finals in the bubble than this year from a lower-seeded position. We just saw Denver finally get theirs because they got their franchise piece playing at almost an all-time big-man level for the way they can play now. You can you can do some stuff in the NBA now in the last four or five years and go on runs more than you could before when it was kind of a two or three teams had a chance. The other point, too, is I think with the ownership mindset of MJ and with cup check, it was always let's just do what we have to do to try to get to the postseason. Right. And that still might be the case now because the change hasn't been made yet. Let's see what the ownership mindset is. Let, mm-hmm. Let's see the new owners. Are they more aggressive? Are they are they more risk takers? Are they going to draw more players in and spend money? We don't know exactly. It could be the same. We don't know. But this new ownership group and decision makers, you know, maybe maybe they they handle it differently. The MJ group, it was never going to be a title. Yeah, that's but the, thing. the ownership group for the new ones, we don't know yet. Yeah, that's that's the thing that's so weird. And, and the the front office part is something that a couple of people on the text line have brought up because uh, of the trust in the two front offices. I think I think the Hornets still need to kind of earn back some of the trust of the public when it comes to the way they do their business. You mentioned the ownership change. I think that might uh, have a little bit of of trying to at least get them back into a sense of maybe they do take some risks. But here's the other thing too about the way that the two off seasons are. How many times have we talked about a star doesn't want to come play in Charlotte as far as the NBA goes, or you know they're having trouble getting guys coming to play here to play with certain dudes or play for MJ or play with Melo, et cetera, and so on? That doesn't really factor in in the NFL as much. Like We don't talk about Carolina and Charlotte as being a quote-unquote small market NFL team because honestly, the way that the money and the contracts are doled out, it's all based on the market. It's not about whether or not you want – based on the market of players, I should say, not the market of, of the size of your team. So I think from that aspect with the, with the Panthers – they have a lot better chance of going out and acquiring talent than the Hornets do in any offseason just based on the fact that the two sports are almost managed differently from that standpoint. And the front office has more trust right now with the Panthers. Very much so. <laughs> I mean, that's that's something that we've seen. And look, someone said it, it can't be the Panthers or the Hornets. That's not the answer we're looking for. We're looking for the other. Someone said it can't be the Panthers on our text line because – they don't have a one wideout. We're not talking about this season. We're talking about down the line when the rosters are built even more around these guys. What's the future look like? And I'll say this about the number one wideout thing. Mingo over time could be that. We have to see. This guy goes. Also, Fitterer went out, got the left tackle, fixed the offensive line. That mm-hmm. was that was last year's fix, right? This year, he got the quarterback. Do we think Fitterer is not, doesn't have a plan of offensive line? Get the quarterback when we can. Pretty sure Fitterer 
at some point here is going to work on the wide receiver. Yeah, he'll get a wide receiver, you know, whether it's somewhere in this offseason, maybe next year, maybe that'll happen. And also the, the one the one other question I think that people are looking at right now is that defensive line spot opposite Brian Burns. But again, that's more about the this year and the here and now. I think we're talking about more of the long-term game. And here's the other part about the Hornets too. We've talked a lot about their roster clog at this point. They've got a lot of people that I feel like have to turn over on this roster. And then what's on the other side of that? What is the young talent being developed on the other side of that? We already talked about the glutted forward and, and wing where you all of a sudden now have a plethora of players who do a lot of the same things and are at also kind of the same stage developmentally. Like what's JT Thor going to be? What's James Booknight going to be? What's Kai Jones going to be? There are a lot of players on the Hornets right now that they are quote unquote trying to you know buy stock in and, and hold. And I just don't know how those guys project. I think it's it's nothing about LaMelo personally. It's more about how the operation is doing business right now and the players who are on that roster. He does not have a dude who can come and ride with him. I need somebody to ride with Melo. Melo is a solo motorcycle operator right now. Well, He's hold got on. nobody on the side car. Well, hold, hold on. We have to see. <laughs> what is this, like a 1960s TV show? Someone's riding in the sidecar. Okay, well, I, let's, see, let's see about Brandon Miller. Does he play up to being picked at number two? Is he an all-star with LaMelo being an all-star? Let's just... Let's see what Brandon Miller can do, and don't discount Mark Williams' progression as well. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be fantastic with Melo as they get more comfortable. And then if Brandon Miller, I'm not even talking about like a ten-time All Star, but if Brandon Miller has All Star type ability where he's in the discussion to go with Melo being an All Star, Mark Williams playing his role. All of a sudden, does that not look more attractive for a free agent to say, you know what? LaMelo is tremendous. Brandon Miller can score. Mark Williams does this. Let's see if this uh, – Michael Jordan did not attract the names here. He didn't. And winning obviously wasn't a thing either. Does winning with this group, and we hope they do, does that attract someone that says, you know what? They but got Melo. They got Miller. They got Williams. I want to play but there. But it's I a, think it's possible. It's a chicken and egg thing, though, because – It's in, always in, about food in, with you. In order, to, in order to win here, you have to have players. And unfortunately, right now, they're dealing with developmental players, which – Maybe those guys can grow and blossom into something, but that that's a that's a hard bet to have in this league when a lot of times these these teams are built on what you acquire from the outside. It, it's it's a very hard league to develop from within in and win. The Warriors did it obviously, and there are other market examples of doing that. But at the other at the other side of it, it's very very hard for a market like the Hornets is. To end up making that happen, making that run. We got a text here, 704-570-9610. This one comes uh, from one of Flounder's favorite guys, Cowboy Fred. He said, what a dumb discussion. The Cowboys the Cowboys will win a Super Bowl before the Panthers even get back to one again. So I'm not sure where they came into this whole equation, but Cow Cowboy Fred took the Bryce Young LaMelo Ball discussion into somehow – Cowboy territory. Uh, they try to get involved in every discussion, do they not? Pretty pretty safe bet, though. I mean, the Cowboys, they, they've been you know synonymous with making it to the Super Bowl. I'll say this. The, the Panthers are winning a championship before the Cowboys win one. That's fine. I'll say it right now. Wow. I'm not afraid to say that whatsoever. I mean, I mean, what are we going on? 29 wow. years with a title uh, for the Dallas Cowboys? So. Is that older than Flounder? A little bit. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Were you alive when the last, when the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl? think so. Flounder's only speaking in, in dings and buzzers today. Flounder literally is the sound machine today. Yeah, but I, I saw a, a, one of the debate shows yesterday about Dallas and the Cowboys that they have a great chance to win it all this year. 
I feel like we do this every every, every, every other year. Every every other year. It's either the Cowboys are going to win a championship or the Miami Hurricanes are back. And we go through this every summer and then every winter. It's all about what went wrong. From I don't know how we got here, Cowboys. Oddly, oddly enough, those two run in very similar circles. A lot of fans <laughs> I, of those two teams. I, I feel like anybody trying to sell the Cowboys on a Super Bowl run, that's like you know, coked up Jordan Poole trying to sell me on a penny stock, okay? And the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> wow. Like, what are we doing here? Honestly, the Cowboys are not winning the Super Bowl this year. But News freaking flash. How did hold we get on, here? Cowboy, Cowboy, Flounder, we're doing it live. Hold on. Yeah, hold on. Cowboy Fred, did, he's getting the block for the rest of the show. You, Jail time. Did you just say, I agree with that. Did you just say Jordan Poole? No, Jordan, Jordan, what is it? Uh, what's the name of the Ford? It would be Mr. Jordan Belford. Yeah, I said, I meant Jordan Belford. Jordan right. Poole? I was like, wait a second. What is uh, Jordan well, Poole uh, doing? Hooked up Jordan Belford. You, okay. oh, okay. you, uh, you all right there, pal? I'm good. I'm good. It feels like you, uh, we don't We don't like to make mistakes on this radio program. Uh, is, really? Really? Uh, yeah, because people come to us not only for entertainment, but for we like to educate folks as well on the show. We, Jordan, we're educators. Jordan Belford, not Jordan Poole. I apologize to Jordan Poole for calling him a coked up. Fool. I was wow, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know exactly well, we what talking, was happening. We were talking Warriors, so that was, that was how Jordan uh, Poole deeped into my solar okay. realm. There, it's All unfortunate. Seven zero four five seven zero nine six ten is the text line. Give us your thoughts throughout the show. Bryce Young or Ball? Who will, who is more likely to bring a title and, to Charlotte first? And I'm not going to sit here and say I don't want to see it happen for Lamelo and the Hornets because I think th- they could be. A story, and they have been a story that the NBA media has latched onto. Remember when Lamelo first got here, they were the quote-unquote NBA league pass darlings. That was also in the the end, kind of the pandemic. People were really loving watching the Hornets. It wasn't that long ago, yeah, with Lamelo Ball on the floor, and I think a lot of that also had to do with James Borrego's offensive style. Uh, by the way, wh- where the hell did that go? Uh, I also feel <laughs> fair, like from fair question. from from the standpoint of where the Hornets are, though, I, I just I have questions about how that front office operates and whether or not they. They actually can get somebody in here, whether it's through development or through the outside, that can actually run with the metal. That's my I, biggest concern. I don't disagree, but I'll I'll ask again. What what is the front office going forward? There's new decision makers. Question. How does Mitch tie into the new ownership group? We yeah, this ownership group. I get. I got it. I'm with you. The other the other part of this is the the new decision makers, ownership, and potentially the basketball side. We we don't know who may be making those calls. It could be Mitch, but we have no idea what the future holds for that part of the Hornets organization. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Instant.
Boston Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Feel free to text in. The text line is 704-570-9610. 704-570-9610. Just talking a little bit more about the Carolina Panthers. Their blueprint. Did they set one up on how you should integrate a rookie QB into your organization? 704, still not feeling Bryce Young. What do you think we did with Bryce? It's an absolute reach. This will be talked about as franchise ruining Bryce's arm strength is due to. It's not just his size. So that's one take about Bryce Young. I love that these reactions are a little bit more, I would say, I don't know. They're just more emphatic today. What's going on? You don't like that arm strength comment from 704? Dude, I I just don't like, did people watch different film than what we watched leading up to the draft? Like we, we all watch college football for 12 hours every Saturday. Yeah, we're not saying it's, I mean, rocket launcher type stuff. No, but I mean like... It's not awful. His precision passing was as good in the college game as, as I've ever seen. Like, I just don't get, I mean, like, if you want to come after his size, like, I get that. He's small. He's got arm talent, though. And he, he's, he's going to be, at worst, a middle-of-the-road quarterback, which is better than what you've had since Cam Newton's shoulder gave out. Do you worry about that being one of the reasons you draft him in a bad way? Where that is one way, that's a half full, half empty type of analogy. And say, all right, Bryce Young, he's not going to fail. He's going to be a good quarterback just because he's too smart. Somebody wrote in, yeah, the difference is between the years. It's that Bryce Young is so much better than Sam Darnold when it comes to the processing part. That I would 100% agree with. The processing between Sam Darnold and Bryce Young, it's going to be night and day, in my opinion. Yes, even for Bryce Young coming into the league as a rookie. But with what Fitty just said, that at least he's going to be a middle-of-the-road QB, does that also kind of spell, yeah, it's because he doesn't have the crazy athletic traits that some of these QBs have experienced at the top of the NFL. Now, especially more in the modern age, Mm -hmm. because you could point to a Tom Brady. We can all remember him not running a good 40, but Tom Brady was still very good. But now, with some of these QBs that have hit recently, we can go to some pretty impressive physical traits. Joe Burrow, maybe not as physical, but, you know, taller, you know, better than Bryce Young with those types of, uh, if, if you wanted to evaluate just based off of the athletic buildup, right? Trevor Lawrence, crazy, crazy evaluation there. Lamar Jackson's one of the best rushers of the football that's allowed him to, you know, kind of come into his own as a passer. What do you think about what Fitty said maybe in a negative way? Yeah, I mean, I think that when you talk about Bryce Young, as far as him at worst being a, a middle of the road quarterback, that's fine to go there. And I think his athleticism, as we've talked about before, is very underrated. Um, like I said, I think his pocket presence is as good as you will find uh, at the position. But the only thing I would give a, a guy like Sam Darnold over him is maybe a little bit more arm strength. But just as far as just we talked about how cerebral he is and, and things of that nature and, and the way that he plays the game. I mean, this is a guy that, yeah, he may not be the crazy athlete that some other guys are, but he's the the crazy quarterback wonder kid that a lot of those guys mm-hmm. are not. When you talk about mental uh, aspects of the game, the decision-making, the accuracy that he throws the football with, the anticipation that he throws the football with, uh, I, I think all of those things are head and shoulders above a lot of the guys that have come out recently. 
Fiddy is doing the same thing again. I have to imagine it's from Lina Boy um, seventy four on the text line. Dude, this this shot was in the afternoons last week, and I well, lost it. Okay, he he has to be an Alabama hater, right? Because this is the text: Bryce Young can't throw. Dude, go back and watch the championship game against Georgia. He sucked the entire game. He was literally throwing the ball because he was scared. Bryce and Brandon Miller of the Hornets are both failure picks. Now, see, is this like Harvey seems, Updike's son? This that sounds like a troll. This seems like a uh, a hatred for Alabama to me. If once you bring in Brandon Miller, we're not talking about Brandon at all right now. But once you bring <laughs> Brandon Miller into the mix here, yeah, this has to be some sort of hate. And especially when you call out Georgia, Probably I'm gonna Auburn guess. Guy. I'm gonna guess line of boy seventy four is also Georgia boy seventy four. <laughs> Auburn boy seventy four. Auburn Auburn's a good one too. Yeah. You didn't have to bring up Georgia, so yeah, that that could be the case. And I know you don't love that text either. Phil. I just like. Maybe I watched a different game in that national championship game two years ago. If Mac Jones was Alabama's quarterback, they lose that game by three touchdowns. Like, he lost his top two weapons, and they were driving, I believe, to tie the game. And, look, I know he threw a pick six that eventually sealed the deal or whatever, but he kept them in the game without his top two wide receivers. Do we forget what he did to that same defense three weeks prior in the SC title game? He scored like 45 on those fools. And, oh, he can't make throws and look at that tape. If you put guys around him, Bryce Young has proven at every level of football he's ever quarterbacked, he's going to kick your ass. So if Frank Reich and Scott Fitterer give him the coaching that he needs and the receivers that he needs – he is going to be a really, really good quarterback. So even if I, I like this convo, because when we talk about him at, at worst being a middle of the road guy, how much does that limit him being a number one QB in the NFL? I mean, do we see that type of potential with Bryce Young, despite not having the physical traits that some of these other guys have? I guess you would say he has a high floor. If you want to put it that way, his floor is a lot higher uh, than a lot of people. Well, let's go down the list with some of the physically gifted QBs of, with them being up there. Like even with Joe Burrow, I wouldn't put him up there. I'm not going to put Joe Burrow, even if he's taller than Bryce Young, might have more physical traits than what Bryce has. I'm talking about guys like Josh Allen, who was only drafted because he was a freak and was not accurate until he learned it in the NFL. And now he is one of the better quarterbacks. I know you guys have your he chokes in the postseason takes. I get it. But we can all, we can all agree. Was not prepared for that. Uh, that was a throw up. I don't know if that was a choke. That was just throwing up on the mic. But with Josh Allen, I think he's certainly up there. Pat Mahomes has the best of everything. The dude can throw football out of the stadium he's clearly up there if you are a Lamar Jackson defender it's all because of his athleticism and him being up there towards the top and so when we talk about the best guys who are the best QBs without it Joe Burrow is one in the modern day what we have right now I mean Aaron Rodgers I mean that is one of the better arms we've seen coming out of the NFL draft I mean you're talking about different throws even Matthew Stafford being a number one overall pick had one of the bigger rocket launchers attached to his shoulder that we had seen yeah I mean I'm thinking okay Joe so Burrow is the best example I have yeah so good quarterbacks that are limited physically um I, I I don't think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback but he's been paid like one yeah but that's right I, that's a tough comparison though yeah um I don't think dude like, like Dak's my quarterback because of all the injuries. I don't think he's no longer a physical specimen, but he can be a really good quarterback. And Mississippi's, I think Jared Goff's a good example. That's that might be well. the best example because look at what he did this past year in Detroit. Like you could argue he was better in Detroit 
with from a numbers perspective than he was in L.A., but he had a lot more to work with. So, so Goff had one crazy season in L.A., and he had a really good season this year with Detroit. But also, if, if Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins are the more universally accepted comparisons here outside of – and Joe Burrow is the one. Oh. But, but yeah. you know, those guys, it's not like and you're saying, I, I, oh, I hope he becomes Jared Goff. I want him to be better than yeah. Jared Goff at number one. I throw Derek Carr in there, and I throw uh, Brock Purdy in there as well. What about Herbert? We can't call Brock Purdy a top 10 QB, though. Okay, well. this is That's what I'm, that's really what I'm asking, yeah, though. Because no, Justin Herbert's to, a really good athlete. Yeah, because we can go starting QBs. You can find those. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm asking about top, the I top mean, even top, top five. Yeah. Because when you draft somebody number one, you're hoping that that is a ceiling for you. That you can be the best QB. I still think he can reach it. It doesn't mean that that's the only way that you become the best QB in the league. But normally, at least in the last 10 years, the number one QBs, the guys towards the top, they got some pretty freak athletic abilities attached to them. And even Justin Herbert, I mean, a <laughs> cannon. Justin Herbert has a cannon. So that's something where, no, it's not, his arm strength is not bad. I would not call Bryce Young's arm strength terrible. But also, it's not like some of these other QBs we're talking about. I mean, like, like, may, like maybe y'all disagree. I think, like, if Bryce Young is the guy that we think he's drafted to be, I think he'll be the third best quarterback in the NFL by the time his rookie contract is done. Yeah, because you can't, you can't put him ahead of Pat. Or, or, and for me, it's Joe Burrow's number two. And so, like, if he's behind Mahomes and Burrow, are we going to be mad that he's just a third best quarterback in the NFL? Well, it's it's why I loved the Joe Burrow comparison to Bryce Young more than I liked the CJ Stroud comparison to Bryce Young. When and that started to catch on a little bit later into the draft process, but so much of the comparisons were CJ Stroud could be the next Joe Burrow, but yeah, I'm I'm looking at Bryce throwing off platform but still being excellent from the from the pocket and and getting to the outside of the pocket and destroying you downfield yeah that's I what think, i like i think that's an apt level that you could maybe aspire to by the end of his uh rookie contract i don't, I don't think that's far-fetched at all that he could be um in that echelon and so uh joe burrow's lamar, echelon yes and then with lamar jackson though man we gotta we gotta give him a little bit more credit though as a passer man he's 13th all time at passer rating and he hasn't had an elite receiving core since he's been in the league and i feel like he kind of got tasked with a running offense in Baltimore. So I can't wait to see what he does this year. But no, but I, I brought him up for a reason. Yeah, I, I mean, you did, but you kind of hit him with the running caveat, and I, I don't necessarily care for that too much with Lamar. I think Lamar's a, a really good passer. He's clearly a better runner than he is a passer. I'm one that defends but the I passing game for Lamar. Okay, all right, I'm with you. But the way but you I, worded it at first, it was kind of like, eh. <laughs> I thought he passed really well not wanting to come back and play this year. Oh, this is what you did. <laughs> I tried to give Lamar Jackson credit, but you didn't like it. You wanted me to go above and beyond, and you set it on a tee for Fitty to come back in with his Lamar hate. Only blame yourself. <laughs> Don't blame me. Yeah. No, I, I got you, but I, I think that Bryce Young can definitely get up into the top five at minimum by the end of that rookie deal. No question about it. Yeah, the, 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 that was the reason people would want to go Anthony Richardson. Right. I mean, it's because you could see if this guy hits, there is nothing else that can take that away from him. Yeah. Where Bryce Young has a great mind and it's like, well, are we ever going to get crazy arm strength from him? No, I don't think you're ever going to get he's never going to be a top five flamethrower in the NFL. He's not.
That's not going to happen for Bryce, but he can kill you. And Drew Brees is the one that everybody goes to because the size makes too much sense. And absolutely, that is one way that you can reach that. If Jalen Hurts has another MVP caliber season, are we putting him over Burrow or not? Well, it depends on what Burrow does. But, yeah, you can put, if you wanted to, you could. I wanted to, you know, throw that out there. I love Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Jalen Hurts deserves to have received every single penny he got on this contract extension. As a second-round guy coming in and delivered in the biggest game when he played against Kansas City and gave them a chance because he was throwing all over the yard. The rushing aspect, too, yeah. I mean, Jalen Hurts is fantastic. I mean, I like Joe Burrow a lot. You know, I, I give well, uh, but Fitty a little grief on a, you know, a little you, bit extra gas. You. We don't want to talk about disrespecting QBs. Anytime we try to give him praise, it is always you trying to bring us down on that. I'm just saying that's how it usually rolls I think here. he's really good, but I just think a little bit of the praise is a bit much of as far as how he plays the game. People act like this is something new, and I think he's a drop-back passer that's got but a little is, bit of athleticism. Okay, but here's my question. How is that any different from applying that to Bryce Young? What does he do that's new? No, I, didn't, I never said that he was. No, I know, but, if yeah. we're, but we can still but, – but you love Bryce. You love yes, him. Yes, I do. So, so you're can, asking me why do I like Joe? Because you try to bring him, you try to bring Joe down. When we talk about Joe, you try to bring him down a little bit closer. Well, yeah, because he gets like I said, but Bryce doesn't do anything crazy. Two, and I just feel like that we've yet to see Joe Burrow play without really a a, a great complement of weapons. We know at uh, LSU he had arguably the greatest receiving core of all time, and then we know in Cincinnati he's equipped with. Uh, really good pass catches. I, I love his game, but just as far as how people just are just heaping all of this praise onto him, I, I don't necessarily like that. I mean, you do realize he's doing the bottom five offensive line, though. Like, like that's why. I, first off, he's elevated a losing organization. I like that. I can. You know that hadn't done anything since what, like the middle of the 1980s when Chris Collinsworth was catching passes for him. He took him to a Super Bowl, had a chance to tie or win the game last year, back to the AFC title game, went on the road and beat Josh Allen in the playoffs. Yeah. Like now, like if, if his offensive line was top ten in the NFL, I think it'd be hard. You would say he's a system quarterback. The guy won a playoff game and got sacked nine times. That's a now that's a that's a good argument. And Cincinnati has some good teams with Carson Palmer and uh, yeah. I was about to say you did the wide receiver. You went Chris Collinsworth and yeah. just skipped over Chad Ochocinco <laughs> and TJ. Who's they never your won mama. a playoff game though. Well, oh, I mean, Carson that's Palmer true. had his ACL torn at the beginning of the one game. You're right. I thought you were talking about receivers. I didn't know your point was playoff game. Yeah, no, true. like the last time they won a playoff game was in the middle of the 1980s. He's 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 elevated that franchise to a different place. And Wait, when they played San Francisco in the Super Bowl, was that post Collinsworth? Or Collinsworth was on that team, I believe. Yeah, because I think he talks okay. about it like every Sunday night football broadcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when they got blown. Well, no, they didn't get blown to smithereens, but they did lose on the last second play by the great Joe Montana. They did. Joe Montana, another guy that did not do it with athletic prowess, but also just that elite processing. Yep. So maybe that's what we have here. Bryce Young could be Bryce Montana, the next Joe Joe Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Young like could be it. that very next guy. Yeah, uh, feel free to write in 704-570-9610. Um, yeah, Weatherman Mark. Uh, Wes, I believe you are way off undertakes, bro. I guess that is about Joe Burrow. 
uh, 502 said, don't disrespect your current backup QB like that. Dalton had some good bangle years. That's to you, Fitty, after trying to go to the 80s. Uh, 704 Continue to text in. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Vernon believes both of you. He agrees with you on the Josh Allen discussion. Stop the Josh Allen talk. Most turnovers in the NFL since he's been in the league. Talented, but not good. Where are you? Can, we can call him good. Josh yeah, Allen's he's a, a really good, good quarterback, man. I just think he takes on too much, especially when you're talking about in the run game, trying to run over guys. And obviously, Stephon Diggs is not the biggest fan of him right now because those fourth quarters, he feels like he should be getting a football a bit more. But I just think that Josh Allen still has some growing to do uh, as a quarterback. All right. So we know Bryce Young is going to be handsomely played. You yeah. have one more point before we move no. on and Wes throws up on the mic again. All right. No. Fair enough. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Coach Matt Daugherty's a pretty civilized guy. Longtime Tar Heel, former head coach, national champ as a player. He's back with us here in studio for his weekly visit. You with me on that? Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, there were plenty of fireworks. You know, I I, I had I have to Google. I'm, I'm the old guy. I felt like I was doing a Geico commercial. You know, as these fireworks are going up, I'm thinking, how much money are they spending? You know, <laughs> like, you know, how, how much are they getting paid? You know, how much are they making off these cars in the parking lot? And, you know, uh, I Googled like... For for probably a decent you know home home spun fireworks a thousand dollars a minute it's insane so you know I, I jokingly said last night we were on the lake at a friend's house uh, sitting on a dock I'm saying now you know who your rich neighbors are <laughs> <laughs> let's just you know mark them and then we'll drive over there and just casually get to know them well you and I are both in Mooresville right now I, yeah. I haven't been there as long as you have but uh, there there is an institution just down the street from me that's very popular. And next to said institution was a fireworks stand. It has been for weeks now. My wife alerted me they were actually shooting off fireworks at that fireworks stand. Was that last night? In addition to the ones over the lake, right? And so my first thought was, they're setting off a lot of fireworks, like industrial-grade fireworks at a fireworks stand. 
Yeah. What could go what wrong? Could go wrong? What, so what could go wrong? I was waiting to be woken up by the fire department, but fortunately that never happened. Yeah. Well, it's good to have you back. There were very few fireworks in the Summer League game two nights ago. No, it was, uh, I, I went back and watched the highlights. And again, today I watched Brandon Miller highlights because I figured we'd be talking about it. Uh, you know, it's hard to watch. And, and when Wemby didn't play, it was a big disappointment, right? You, you were getting a build up, the number one pick against the number two. And then you're trying to break down Brandon Miller's game without overreacting. And what I saw on film, uh, great instincts, unselfish passes, sets up teammates, can shoot with range, uses his left hand, long, can handle a ball. I think he lacks a little quick twitch. Um, And I said to myself, he reminds me of Brandon Ingram. Um, you know, the former Duke players with New Orleans now. And if you look at Brandon's stats, he started out with the Lakers. First year, nine and a half points. Second year, 16, then 18. And then he was traded uh, to New Orleans and he jumped it up to almost 24 points. And somebody in the know um, that I talked to or communicated with, you know, basically said that, you know, he's a slight frame, but he's a really smart player, a uh, pleasure to coach, makes the right play, uh, and in time will be comparable to Ingram. And, you know, Ingram was the number two pick in a 2016 draft. So I'm not expecting Miller to come in here and be an all-star his first year or a second year or maybe not his third year. But I think he's going to be a really good player that will complement the rich guy that now is LaMelo Ball. Oh, man. How about that? Oh five, five years to 60 is pretty good work if you can I, find it. It's unbelievable what these guys are getting. <laughs> I mean, listen. Like, I mean, Desmond Bain, five years, 207. Halliburton with the Pacers, five years, 260. Anthony Edwards, five years, 260. Sabonis, five years, 217. And then even a Dylan Brooks, four years, 80 million. What? Yeah. I, I think that... Uh, well, the benchmark for me is, and I've said this a handful of times, we looked up five years ago and Otto Porter was making $25 million a year. And I was like, hold up, wait a minute, where's all this money coming from? Should have suspected the Saudis back then, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm joking yeah, about that. But yeah. still, the money's gone up astronomically. It, it just... it. it you know, I don't want to be that guy that, you know, is a jealous envy, whatever. But, but. I just... I just got to think it's going to impact the quality of play because, you know, guys I've talked to that are in the NBA as coaches, you know, how do you convince a guy who's making 50 million a year to play hard? How are you going to convince him to play through an ankle tweak? You know, if he doesn't want to, you won't. Right. Yeah. So now, and you, and this has never changed, right? You always want to find guys that truly love the game. Right, that want to get better and bring energy, but at fifty million, like you know, Isaiah Thomas said this one time. What do people say when they hit the lottery? I'm going to quit my job. Yeah. Well, basically everybody on that NBA bench has hit the lottery. Everyone. So how do you get them? You know, you really have to do a deep dive. When you're when you're interviewing these draft choices or for the trades, the intel and Kevin Pritchard, when I worked for him with the Pacers, always talked about you know intel and getting good information, not just information, accurate information. Do they love the game? Do they have high character? Because if they don't, and they're getting paid anything, you know, twenty million, ten million, or more. I called it care factor. 
if they have a lack of care factor, it's over. Forget it. Well, think about it. You know, P.J. Washington, for instance, hadn't signed yet. And P.J.'s already made some really good money playing professional basketball. We, we forget that, too. But, you know, P.J. might sign in the 15 to 20, let's say 18 to $20 million a year range. He could play one year and quit and never do anything again for the rest of his yeah. life. He could play one more season, They're quit, guaranteed retire. Guaranteed salaries. Guaranteed, you know, guaranteed. Like in the NFL, the only thing that's guaranteed, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you will because you like doing that, uh, is is the bonus, right? Yeah. But in in the NBA, your salary's guaranteed. Like five years. Okay, Lamelo, five. Like I had to take out the calculator. Like twenty six, two hundred sixty million divided by five. That's a lot of dough. Fifty four a year, guaranteed. Like even after taxes, like let's say it's thirty million cash. What? Well, I think you see it regular. That's where I believe personally. It's just a theory, but I think we've seen over the last several years. It's why the NBA is so suddenly invested in revamping the regular season. The regular season's not that good. It's not that compelling no. anymore. No. It hasn't been for a while. That's right. But it's why the playoffs are still very good. Because you got great. You got to go hard for a month. It's not, you know, night after night, four nights a week throughout the grind of an 82-game regular season. And I don't even think the 82-game regular season, it wasn't a grind to Cedric Cornbread Maxwell. It wasn't no. a grind to MJ. It wasn't a grind to, to Magic. It was to an extent, but the money wasn't the same. And those guys knew that in order to get the big endorsement deals, in order to, to get the kind of money that MJ did with Knight, they had to win. Well, they, they had, had to win. Had to win now win, now they so all get paid. I, I think, and this is, you know, again, I'm the 60-year-old white guy, you know, that played you. and coached. How dare you? I think... I think they were, they, they they cared more. They were just more naturally competitive. This isn't an indictment on the kids. No, they didn't come up with this money. No, Lamelo Ball isn't the reason that he's getting two hundred and sixty million dollars. This has been coming for a while. But to pretend to your point that it doesn't have some sort of impact on the play on the culture, I, I think that's fair. I really do. Yeah. Again, the NBA is the one exploring revamping the regular season, not me and you. Yeah. No, and it needs to. I always thought they should cut down back to fifty when they had the strike shortened season. That was about fifty games. The Spurs won. I thought that every game mattered more, and it was more intense. And and more fun to watch, but uh, I guess the just the numbers you can't make a 50 game uh, schedule, regular season schedule, work with the salaries that they're getting paid and and the you know the the season tickets that need to be sold uh, and concessions and parking for the arenas because otherwise these arenas are you know become I guess obsolete. Yeah. Miles Bridges, by the way. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Miles Bridges, uh, late last week, signed the, the qualifying offer. One year, $7.9 million. Um, basically, he's, in effect, betting on himself again, yeah. like he did two years yeah. ago. But it also points there was no market for Miles Bridges. Yeah, no market. Uh, but I also think he kind of, you know, I, I took it a little bit of a slip in the bird to the organization, but um, maybe I'm wrong. Um, yeah, n definitely no market. Uh, didn't want to touch him. Um, and, and, you know, rightfully so, like rightfully so, like, all right, hard lesson learned, you know, not only you, hopefully others learn from it, but we'll see these mistakes going on. And, you know, go back to Michael Vick, you know, uh, and it's like, it's, it's like when you know, mandatory seatbelts came in, like it's going to happen to other people, but not me. Right. So you really have to have the discipline to make good decisions and surround yourself with the right people. Um, and, and, you know, people are going to 
do bad things, stupid things. They're young and they've got this money and there's a lot of pressures. Um, it, it, it's just you, you, you make you make decisions and you have to deal with the consequences. And he made a bad decision and he's dealing with the consequences. And it's got to be killing him that he sees these guys signing $200, $260 million contracts and now he's at $8 million. And people listening will say, oh, poor guy, right? But it's all relative. Well, it's opportunity cost. Like he, he cost himself a lot of money. Oh, gosh, yeah. He cost himself so much money. As we discussed, um, you know, there's $140 million still on the table that he should already be counting right That's now. That's right. So I, I don't know what they do. The, a lot of, Smoke told me on Friday, he says, I think he's gone a year from now. A lot of folks feel that way because he'll become an unrestricted free agent next year. Um, and whether it's he walks in free agency or the Hornets package him and deal him at the trade deadline to make sure they get something for him. A lot of folks think that this is either way his final year in Charlotte. What do yeah, you think? I, I, it's hard to say. I mean, it's really hard to say. It's hard to predict the future, right? You, you never know. He could turn it around, have a great season, say and do all the right things off the court, and all of a sudden, uh, he and Miller and LaMelo, all of a sudden, can that three right there create a nucleus that can win? Because you really need three star players in, in the NBA to carry a team. Can those three be... The core of the future with complementary players around him. Maybe so. If that's happening, then you could sell him on uh, on, on sticking around. Who who knows? It's there's a lot a lot of ball to be played first. Real quick, um, just because I, I know you've got a take on this, we looked up on Friday and Dennis Smith Jr. was gone to Brooklyn on a one year two point five million dollar deal. Um, and I bring that up because a lot of us. Loved him last year. He played hard. He was a redemption story, trying to fight his way back into the NBA. Thought he might be done with professional basketball. Um, really committed, played hard, talked a lot of trash. There were a ton of people on my text line saying, they got to bring him back. He's got to come back. He's got to be the backup point guard. And there were even some people saying, well, he might get the full MLE, the full mid-level exception, which is $12.5 million from somebody. He signed for one year, 2.5. Uh, it's one of those times that I think collectively people were looking for so many or they were looking so hard for positive things and silver linings last year that they took his story and might have overvalued Dennis yeah. Smith Jr. just a little bit. Yeah. And, and, you know, here's the deal. We see what we see, but we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. Right. And I think he was out with an ankle right for a while uh, from what I recall. You know, what's that like? What are the people around him like? You know, um, we're hearing about Damian Lillard and, you know, he comes across as a, a great, you know, citizen and a good guy and a good teammate. But what's his agent like? What's his family member like? What, what you know, what distractions are around him? Um, I think that uh, sometimes we got to trust that the people in the organizations know what's going on when they don't try to fight to keep a player. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I think going back to when he was NC State, his, his work ethic was a little bit of a concern. Well, to the point, though, somebody just said, I'm still pissed. WTF are we doing not, not signing Dennis Smith Jr.? Come on, man. If that's your biggest... Uh, again... He Come signed. On. Nobody else wanted him that badly either. No. One year, 2.5. No. I loved his story. I thought he could be a great guy in the locker room, especially with Brandon Miller coming in and everything else. But clearly and collectively, many of us overshot his value because he, he ended up leaving for one year, 2.5 million. And, and, and the dude could never shoot. 
He's not a great shooter. No, if, if you can't shoot, like, okay, we always, in the NBA, you say that's one area where we can see dramatic improvement until we don't. Um, and you cannot, you can't turn everybody into a good shooter. Um, he's not a good shooter. And when you're a point guard and you're not a good shooter, unless you're Rajon Rondo, it makes it very difficult because people just back off you now. Your penetration game's gone. Now they go under pick and rolls. Now you're not forcing a switch. And you really don't have much use. Like, what can you do at an NBA level that's unique? I don't I don't really think he has that unique skill. One guy that jumped out uh, as I was looking at free agency is Malik Beasley. Now, that's a random name. He played at Florida State. He was having some good good games, good years. He got squeezed out of the the Lakers. I think he's with the Bucks on a cheap deal. That's a guy to keep a, uh, an eye on uh, next year. Absolutely. Coach Matt Doherty, longtime Tar Heel, former head coach, national champ as a player, and a great podcast, Rebound, over at WBTRadio.com, which is where he heads next to talk about the real issues on this planet. Coach, it's <laughs> good, good to see you, man. We'll talk you too, to you next man. week. Yeah. Hey, good to have smoke back. Yeah. It's not really debatable. Debatable. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.